0: Already, damn. Tell me who in this house know about the quake. I
1: mean, really?
2: You are in the ozone. Ozone. Back up at you. One more time. Coming at you live on this Saturday, folks. We're very, very happy to be here. Uh, I'm here. I'm at Omar Miller. I'm with my brother, as usual, at icons. With Tell- a Z. With a Z. Tell the pretty people hello, T. Hello, hello, hello. See that? Let's jump right into it. You guys heard the intro jam. We're having a we're having a, a Prince. We're not even going to call it a podcast. We're having us a a Paisley cast this time. And we're keeping it positive, keeping it pod. One thing I want to keep it positive about, unless you're a hitter, is to get right into this dazzling performance by Jake Arrieta of the Chicago Cubs. Yes, unbelievable. I do believe he threw the 295th no-hitter in baseball history. Just to put that in context, each team plays 162 games a year times 30 teams times a 100 and some odd years and there's only been two less than 300 no hitters. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's this is a feat and Jake is pulling them out of his hat like like it's uh like he's Willy Wonka. He's he's just pulling them out nowadays. Now this is his second one in the past 6 months. Right. I mean, he's pulling him and Max Scherzer to pull out a no hitter on you. You band you shit, you want to hit, you better not mess around with them fellas. Right, except Scherzer's struggling a little bit this year, right? Yeah, but I'm just talking about last year Mad Max threw out two of them, really yeah. had that perfect game piece and then uh Ended up hitting somebody. <laughs> that, you know, he lost his cool. But now let's talk about this. Jake Arietta, I've been getting nonstop texts, nonstop attention. Everybody is, is quick to say that Jake Arietta is the best pitcher in all of baseball. Right. They, which want they They want to anoint him. I had somebody hit me and say, oh, Arietta, he's, he's, he's the best. I'm starting the team tomorrow. Uh, my, my ace of my staff is Arietta. You lost your mind.
0: I, this is what I said. That's well, what I he, said. There's no difference between him and Clayton Kershaw in the postseason because he struggled as well. Well, I don't want to hear that because Clayton
2: Kershaw didn't struggle in last postseason. Yeah, this is very true, and and also even the the postseasons that Clayton Kershaw, everybody talks about him struggling. Really, you can point to one or maybe two bad games or out, bad of, innings. out of like uh, uh, bad innings, really. Right. But but it, it, I I really hate that they ride this guy. I told them, and I have a lot of love for Jake Arrieta. Jay, he was on my fantasy team, yeah. and I rode him like a horse. Yeehaw! But this situation <laughs> was <laughs> well, get down, <laughs> but this this uh, this situation with. That just blows my mind how everybody is such a Johnny-come-lately fan. Right, right. Jake Arrieta has been a monster even when he left Baltimore. He didn't have it together. Right. Something changed, and I don't know if it was a pitching coach, if it was his workout regimen. I don't know what it was. Something changed with Jake Arrieta when he got to Chicago. Definitely conditioning. It def- I mean, he's an absolute stud now. Right. He's like Adonis. With the- he's like a hairy Adonis. He's like a Grizzly Adams Adonis. This guy is ripped now. He can
0: go nine easily. I think it's confidence, too, though. I think so as well. Because he got in there now, and he's just throwing the ball. He's just chunking it, as they say. I tell you what else, he pounds the strike zone now. He does. I I saw him make a lot of mistakes that we had discussed earlier. I saw him make a lot of mistakes that they didn't make him pay for as major league hitters. He grooved a lot of fastballs that they were actually taking. Not to take anything away from his no-no, because the no-no is still devastating. But, you know, I, I see a lot of major leaguers taking a lot of fastballs nowadays. I, I see that as well. And I don't know what that – what the th- I, you know what I think? it
2: I think that that is a part of that nonsense about the 100-pitch rule. So right. that the theory is is we're going to make him throw more pitches so we can get the starter out of there. And I don't – you know, me, myself, when I used to pitch, please let me get ahead in the count.
0: Right, right. And he can put you away. He shows Jake you Jake get you yeah. out of there. Yeah.
2: The averages close to nine strikeouts a game. That guy, that guy gets you out of there. I think he, I think he might average right around nine strikeouts yeah. per nine innings. Yeah. That guy, he really does get you out of there. But back to this, this further debate. When you're talking about the best pitchers in the game and what I told uh, my buddy that had hit me about it, I he said he said. So wh- what do you think? I said, if I'm starting tomorrow, I start with Clayton Kershaw. You have to. the greatest pitcher of this generation easily. Yes. And, and I'm all about Jake Arietta. Like I said, I had him on my fantasy team last year. This year. He I, can be
0: I, my number two. I,
2: he, I mean, he can be my number one if Clayton Kershaw isn't available. But but Clayton Kershaw, what Clayton Kershaw is doing and has done over the past four years He's there so, again. Yeah, I'm saying over the past four yeah. years, yeah. this guy. And now he had a very sub-Clayton Kershaw-esque uh, top of 2015. Right. And he struggled for a couple months. And then at the end of the day, he was still right there. At the in end the of low the season.
0: You're right? in the low twos. And he
2: struck out more than 300 guys, dude. Clayton Kershaw gets you out of there. Yeah, He gets you out of there, dude.
0: You watch him make uh, major league players look like little leaguers. Well, yeah, and what he does is that he gets ahead of the batters, and then after he gets ahead of the batters, the next time around, they're swinging at the first pitch, which keeps his pitch count low.
2: Exactly, and he's getting
0: guys to pop out. One thing that I'm interested to see
2: what will happen with Jake Arrieta is Clayton Kershaw seems to, even though we're talking about how many strikeouts he has, he seems to strike guys out in key situations now, right. And let
0: guys make feeble contact in other situations, right? Because in certain situations, he had. Uh, I don't don't quote me on it, but his. I'm quoting you. Yeah, no, I'm no, I'm quoting no. you. But his batting average with runners in scoring position last last year was like almost oh, yeah, nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was low. I think it was yeah. like 0. .41, or yeah. some crazy yeah. one forty. And something that's where you make your like money, that. you know. Yeah. You can get the running zone, but you scatter a bunch of hits, and it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and he's not walking guys. Yeah, he's not walking guys, and he's striking guys out, definitely. And he wins the Cy Young just about every other year, yeah. every year, which is incredible. Yeah.
2: I mean, you know, I'm so happy to see him ball last year to pull it together against the Mets and show up uh, in that. Realistically, he lost that first game, and there was nothing. I, Me, myself, I would have kept him in there instead of going to the Dodgers' bullpen, which let's speak on that. The Dodgers' bullpen is still garbage. yeah.
0: Yeah, they invested in nothing in the in
2: the bullpen. It really hurt the team that they weren't able to get Araldis Chapman. Right. If they would have gotten Aroldis Chapman, that would have really made a big difference to be able to go Aroldis, uh, uh Kinley or Kinley Araldis, because at this point, the only person that I really have faith in like that in the Dodgers bullpen is Kinley Jansen.
0: Right, and you need to build the bridge
2: nowadays you need that bridge this is the new major leagues now where you need six out of your starter and you want 7 8 and 9 to be lights out out of your relievers so why wouldn't you bring up any of those kids i listen i'm not the gm brother they right. haven't signed me up no,
0: yet no it's your fault
2: <laughs> <laughs> maybe ned Colletti's still running it who knows uh, i don't i don't know i don't know cuz they have some of these kids I, I mean i mean we can go even to look at the starters they're talking about the dodgers on paper you know uh they were i think Top five in the league to get to the World Series, or maybe to win the title this year, or something like that. Usually, that's on Clayton Kershaw's back. Right. Nobody ever really talks about that, but that's because you got a guy who's going to give you thirty starts that are, you know, twenty-five quality starts out of those
0: thirty. Yeah, and then the seven-game series, you're expecting him to go at least three times. He's going to go at least twice dominantly, and he come in at least once in relief.
2: Yeah. Uh, But, but the but, what's one thing that I find that's really interesting is the Dodgers have. The, the starters have completely fallen apart. Scott Kazmir is the king of the four or five run inning.
0: Right, but he's doing Scott Cashmere. You know,
2: he you had know, a great year. I don't year. know about that. He, he had, had a great, great year, year
0: last year, but you know, before he had a pretty that, great career until he yeah, until he, he got he, hurt. He got hurt, and that's a part of sports. You know, you can't get mad at the guy, but you can't also when there's a lot of other pitchers out there, you can't just like go pick up a Scott Kazmir because Cueto was out there. You know, and then honestly, you could have just paid Grinky.
2: I mean, they tried to pay Grinky, but I I wouldn't have paid Grinky what he was going to get in Arizona either. But I tell you what, and I mean, we spoke about this before, but realistically, if you can get Johnny Cueto, whose numbers are comparable only to Clayton Kershaw's over the last four or five seasons, and you could get him at half the price of what they wanted for Grinky, I have no idea why everybody was so scared to pick up Johnny Cueto.
0: Right, and the Giants invested in him, and they're looking great. Giants,
2: like I said uh, a couple weeks ago, the Giants are a very serious team. Especially with Denod, they got denied. Span at the top of that yeah. lineup setting the table. The Giants are a problem because the Giants can now score runs, and the Giants couldn't right. score runs before. Right. They they try to keep a tight. They Look, you could win al- three two. Uh huh. You could always bet the under on the Giants <laughs> <You> games because <could. laughs> uh, they try to keep a tight game. But
0: now the Giants can slug it out with you if you want. Right. I mean, how are you going to stop the Giants? They have a bullpen. They Somebody's got to get hurt. Front line pitching. They got front line pitching, and they have sticks now. And Hunter Pence is back full force. Get busy one time. Uh, <laughs> boom, 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 Tell me who in about the quake. <laughs> yeah,
2: Hunter Pence is, uh, he's back. You got denied. Joe Panic looking good. Brandon Belt seems like he's gotten over his yeah. vertigo or whatever it was right. it was wrong with his, uh, his equilibrium problem as well. Yeah, he had a couple things going wrong, but I it seems like had it's had come together now.
0: Yeah, he had a problem before with hitting lefties, but now he it doesn't seem like it's a big issue. It doesn't. You got the, the always consistent
2: Buster Posey holding yeah, down the line right it. in the middle. Yeah, that guy's good for a base hit up the middle to... to or bomb. he give you what you need. Give, he gives you what you need. And he calls a nice game. But now
0: let me say something, though. Are they going to... Where, where are they going to pull out the Pablo Sandoval that they need? Because Pablo, although he ate himself maybe out of the league, he is really like, was like the glue that held them together. He was a big-time clutch player. And we're going to see that. the ball. He wanted the ball. He was impeccable
2: defensively and offensively. Right. In in he was a key he was the MVP in all of the World Series runs. Right. I mean, other than Madison Bumgarner, you could say Pablo and Madison Bumgarner and Pablo played every day. That's what I was gonna say. Uh, you know, Pablo's
0: out there every day. He's getting four four bats a game.
2: And he at one point it seemed like he was getting four RBIs a game. Right. This guy was completely and totally unstoppable. Right. What's
0: that? He, he jumped on, what's
2: it? Uh, jumped on Justin Verlander. Yeah. Went deep, I think, two or when three Verlander times. Was a the, Verlander was Verlander at that he, point. He had two bombs in one game off him, right? Or the three. first two at-bats. Yeah. I think he hit three bombs that game. He hit two off of Verlander within the first. He had a grand slam, and I think it was a three-run bomb within the first three right. innings. Good. And that just, they gutted him. And then they went on to get swept. Yeah. They just, that that really, and I was on Twitter talking crazy about how the Tigers were going to give it to them. Then they shut me up real good. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah! Wow. Yeah, but this Dodgers situation, I don't see any investment in the Dodgers' long term, uh, a long term playoff run, unless they make some moves, either to call up some relievers or some frontline pitching. Uh, they got to do something because right now you got Kershaw, followed by Kazmir, followed by Maeda, followed by Alex Wood,
0: and Alex Wood. I I just I'm Poor so surprised. Fellow.
2: Well, poor fella.
0: Poor fella. He used to be solid in Atlanta yeah. for a bit. Right, and I think that's maybe why Atlanta got rid of him, right? I, I they, mean, Atlanta doesn't signs. mess around
2: with bad pitching. They, they, if you can't deal, you, can, you right. aren't welcome.
0: Uh, at I down think a lot Turner to do field. with his herky-jerky motion. You think? Yeah, he had deception, a lot of deception. But maybe his velo is not there. I haven't really watched him throw that much this year. You know what, he sits, I think like 92, 91, That's 92. It's not that. He can't get
2: the the big out, then he walks guys, and then somebody comes and gets the big hit.
0: So do you think he may be tipping his pitches? I don't know, but this lay it on lay on everybody your theory about Matt Harvey and his struggles this season. Right. I believe that Matt Harvey is tipping his pitches. Even though you know a guy is throwing in the high nineties, high to mid nineties and has a great breaking ball. He has like three or four good pitches. So I don't understand where you can get to the point where you're ever really teeing off on a guy like that. You know, yeah. So I would believe he would have to be tipping his pitches.
2: Maybe so. Yeah, because he's uh,
0: he's super dominant. Right. He's in great shape. He's in crazy shape. And his velocity is there. And the only thing that I can think of is that they're seeing what's coming. They know what's coming. Maybe so. Yeah. Maybe so. Uh, is, I mean, you know, and
2: he's he's struggling against teams that he really shouldn't struggle against, right. like the Phillies.
0: Right. The Braves jumped on him for two yesterday early, but he was in trouble a lot of. You know, he was in trouble to, a yeah, lot. Yeah. A
2: lot of those high stress uh, pitching situations, right. like they like to talk about. Right. Which is interesting. And, and the
0: strikeouts, he's only averaging, I think, like four or five strikeouts a game. Yeah. And he's probably a guy that's up there around nine usually itself. On any given day, you would think that a guy like him could throw a no hitter, without question. Yeah. But Without not question. this year so far. I think he's going to turn it around, though.
2: Yeah, it looks like right now, it looks like Syndergaard is the Mets' best yeah. pitcher. Yeah, Thor is the man. He's the man out there. Yeah. Would you take Arietta over Thor? Yes, but just because Arietta has more uh, he has more league experience. Right. But Thor Thor was dominant in the playoffs last year, which is goes a long way. And sitting right behind home plate, right off the, the on-deck circle at Dodger Stadium, watching those guys throw— Noah Syndergaard threw harder than any of those starters. Yeah, his his fastball had bite on it. It, You could hear it. it. You could hear it. It was whistling. And you could smell the wood when guys were fouling it off if he let them touch it. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that guy, he was, wow. He was something special. Now, uh, that's interesting because speaking of something special, I'm going to take a tip back and a sip back of Gorilla Life. Ladies and gentlemen, are you looking to improve your health? Are you? If you are, go ahead and visit GorillaLife.com. Take a chance with this chlorophyll drink that has very simple ingredients. Water and chlorophyll. Gorilla Life. Life in a bottle.
0: Go ahead and take a drink. Wow. Well,
2: you know, what do you want okay. from Gorilla Life?
0: <laughs> I'd
2: like to, to be strong like the gorilla.
0: <laughs> I think you are. You mm. just don't realize it.
2: And maybe so. I've been known to break things from time to time. Never ripped anybody's arm off, though. Uh, Speaking of ripping somebody's arm off... I feel like the NBA is ripping off the public's arm. Why? Because they have all of these bum series going seven games in the first round. I went to the Clippers playoff game the other day, and it was beautiful because the Clippers games are awesome. Uh, Also, because we took out the the general came out, uh, Mm. Miss Gloria Miller, took out my mother to the game. And she was transfixed on, and she's like, ooh, they're all just so big. They just, they don't look so big on TV. It was great. Uh, but, you know, the game was a blowout. Just like so many first-round games have been blowouts. And they played on a Sunday, and then they didn't play again until Wednesday. Right. Why do we have to have 40 days? They advertise it like it's a good thing. 40 days of the NBA playoffs. It's amazing to me because now – you got LeBron James. I was seeing some numbers about LeBron James the other day. LeBron James has literally 2 plus extra seasons on his body because of playoff play because he goes deep in that's the playoffs r- all the time. That's ridiculous. I mean, ultimately he's getting punished for being good and then you have a situation where you uh you have a situation where he needs to take that 2 weeks off in the middle of the season right. where the fans are getting cheated because they paid to play to watch LeBron play
0: because they play
2: big- sometimes you pay to watch LeBron pray though right. it's a very interesting situation <laughs> he he gets down low and he
0: gets really in touch with his maker sorry <laughs> what were you going to say uh, the league is milking you you know they're milking everybody because you're extending the league uh, the the season it's no it's not necessary it's not i don't i don't think for one i don't think the guys need to play sunday
2: and wednesday with when they're not traveling cities right truth be told you're, you're dealing house. with a bunch of young millionaires which I can tell you from firsthand knowledge down there in Miami, whenever the, the hoop team comes to town, they have a specific spot they go to and the owner of the restaurants like to get them drunk and then suddenly they're a little bit sluggish on the court the next day. Right. Surprise. Surprise, surprise. I got another surprise because uh, my phone's blowing up. I got a little hotline bling and I, is this the man, the myth, the legend, Laker Quick? This would be Laker, Laker <laughs> Quick. You, you, <laughs> you, you tapped in right at the right time. You know, we're we're talking about, we're we're speaking about the NBA robbing the public by stretching out the playoffs to be 40 days for no good reason. I had the the good fortune to go to a Clipper game. Uh, I took my mother to a Clipper game the other day, and uh, the game was on Sunday, and the next game wasn't until Wednesday at the same venue. And I just I just can't understand – I mean, I understand from the ad perspective why the NBA would do this. But dragging out this first round of the playoffs to seven games, when I would say maybe two to three out of 32 games have actually been interesting, what's your take on that?
1: Well, it's all big business. It's the American way. And I think that's pretty much the simple answer. They want to keep it in on as many weekends as possible. So that's part of it. Um it's an interesting thing, though, because what I've always pondered is if you're the player at this time of the year, you've already been playing for six, seven months, whatever it is, do you relish those days off?
2: I think you do, unless you know, you're in the rhythm, unless you're in the rhythm of the night, as El DeBarge would say, because they ultimately, you you know, these guys are world-class athletes and their bodies are going to heal up really fast. Uh, but But at the same time, I think you relish those days off Unless you are a group like the Houston Rockets, who don't even celebrate a game-winning shot, but really look like you're upset that the game winner was hit on your behalf because you got to play an extra game before you get to go on vacation. Right? Like, oh man, James, come on. Exactly.
1: Yeah, they uh, they need to blow that team up. Really? And uh, you know, I just I'm sorry, I'm one of the few out here. I I refuse to give up on Dwight Howard. I don't think he's a loser like that. I think he's ended up in a couple bad situations. The Lakers definitely didn't do right by him, and you can't do much as a big man if you can't get the ball. Can't do much so, as a big if
2: you can't get the ball. And realistically, you
1: know,
2: I think what nothing went wrong in Orlando. I mean, he he balled in Orlando. He was, and this why is he why he somebody like Laker Quick doesn't want to give up he on balled him. On in L A on the low. On the low, he, he balled in L A. You can't really he put be, mad. And can be mad with at? a
1: bum shoulder and a bad knee. He and, didn't miss a game even though he needed surgery. He played the entire season, 17-12, to the coach, Mike D'Antoni, whose whole game plan is to never give the big man the ball.
2: That, I think That's that true. was his game plan. I actually read a memo once where he said, okay, this is what we're going to do this series. We're not going to give the big man the ball, whatever we do. Let's just run. <laughs> and no, and no defense if you want to play. Don't play any defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know what? Yeah, man. I, I also, one thing I'll say in Dwight Howard's defense is when he came to L.A., everybody wanted his Orlando numbers, but he was splitting shots uh, with Kobe where he was getting a lot less touches than he was in Orlando where he was the focal point of the offense.
0: Right, he was coming off a major back injury too.
2: Even beyond that, yeah. though, if you still if you would have stuffed the ball in down low, right. I think you would have gotten more results out of Dwight. But all that being yeah. said, yeah. this is where we got to go uh, our separate ways on this one, Laker Quick. Mm-hmm. I actually believe that Dwight Howard is a loser now. Uh, I, I have not seen any effort on his behalf that makes me think he's more serious about winning than he is about collecting his checks
0: and and engaging in his probably absolutely awesome off-court life. Right, but I don't think that the effort is the problem. I think that it, it's the way that he – he doesn't care about the game. He's not passionate about it. I don't get a, a feel, you know, the passion in him. He he, he, he does his job. He's a, He either punches in or he punches out. And, you know, there's another thing. When they were playing –
2: the Lakers in that championship when uh when when Bynum was dominating him after the game, it was all smiles. It was like, wow, that was cool. <laughs> I I just never I could n- yeah. I never like my athlete to be like that. Right. It's when that clown Danny Green uh, was hanging that out that with LeBron man, and him after that. the finals. Right. Yeah. And so so yeah, what no, do you, I came even roll. I came roll. Yeah. So now now what do you think obviously Kevin McHale wasn't the problem. That's become clear at this point. What moves do you make in Houston since you've invested so heavily in James Harden? Uh, like, What do you do now? How do you do this? And after you answer that, tell me this. Who's coming to L.A. is what I want to know.
1: Well, this is a million-dollar question. And, you know, the Wizards hired Oklahoma City's old coach, Scott Brooks, you know, an obvious move to try to lure Kevin Durant to Washington. Me myself, I don't think KD is as gassed, perhaps, about playing hometown as maybe LeBron is. And you know, obviously, it's a two-part question because it's like, okay, if they can get Kevin Durant, potentially will Russell Westbrook come? Me personally, I don't feel like that matchup produced any rings, so I don't necessarily need to see it. Right. Um, I like KD, and you know, let's say somehow everybody gets over D'Angelo Russell being a pump and. You know, some you know, they they have to improve on effort. That's a team that needs effort. They show no effort on defense. But the, the the dream scenario obviously is that they do well in the draft. They get the boy Simmons from LSU, put him at three, Kevin Durant at four with D'Angelo Russell and Jordan Clarkson, and you have the beginners or something.
2: And who's the big man?
1: So Uh, you know what, man, I, it's an unfortunate part of today's game, but it doesn't seem to matter as much anymore. All they really want you to do is run up and down the court in a straight line and box out and grab some boards. So that somebody, be so a focal little guy point can of the just game.
0: shoot.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, there's, there's there's like, what, three real dominant big men in there, so you know, in the game or something like that. So it's not like even something you really have to game plan for. So, oh. you know, hey, I, I mean, me, myself, I you know, I like the kid. that's on white side. The word was, the Lakers were interested in him.
2: Let me tell you um, something. If
1: you man. add him to that dream scenario with KD and Ben Simmons, you got a spot. <laughs>
2: You got a that's, squad. That
1: team is, that team is way better than the Houston team that just made the playoffs.
2: Yeah, right. in the West, so, in the in the thick West. Now I tell you this: I've been telling yeah. people, everybody who listen, you got to pay attention to Miami during this playoff period. They're running through Charlotte like like uh, Drake runs through the six, as they say.
1: <laughs> but they, except they, for this game, because they're currently down by twenty three right now.
2: That's right now. You know this, but this is that whole. Three this is this is exactly why the, why the first round should be five games, in my opinion is that there seems to be that, that whole lull. In all of sports, to me, basketball is the sport where home court advantage should matter the least. But because of the way that they officiate the games and because of the way that guys have to go to a city in the playoffs, and what we were talking about before you called is guys go to a city and you know what? The game is actually designed for you to play your game and to get out because there are, you're a young millionaire, you are a young stud, and if you're hanging out in these foreign cities for a long time, it's a good chance that you could pull the Johnny Manziel and have a couple too many drinks. Bug it out. Or you or you could just find a young lady to spend some company and next thing you know, your legs ain't right on your jumper, then the next day it's the game. <laughs> but it's not the next day. It's 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 four days down, you know? And I, I, I was telling I was just no, sharing I, I was sharing with the icons Laker quick that down in Miami, there are a few establishments who pride themselves on uh when the when the away teams come in giving them free food and several free beverages and they slow down on the court the next day i've seen it now i don't think this is i don't think this is a tactic that's unique to south florida (laughs) i think this uh i think this can take place all over the place and you find yourself out and about doing a little sightseeing and next thing you know your your game ain't right
0: now let me ask you this are those guys you think gamblers the ones is feeding them feeding them and drinking them up Nah, those guys are
2: proprietors. I mean, everybody's pretty much a gambler, mm-hmm. but I don't think they're doing it, and then they go bet the game. Mm, okay. These guys do it as far as as like a as like a homer situation, in, in my opinion.
1: <laughs> like I would do it. Like <laughs> no, like, like <laughs> Quick would
2: sabotage if the Lakers were in the playoffs, but they're not. Oh yeah, wah, wah. watch
1: out for the Clippers,
2: though. Hey man, what, let's talk about the Clippers. I have to say, I I was at the game thinking that the Clippers were going to be. Uh, I was like, wow, uh, this is going to be a tight series. Watch out for the Portland Blazers because they can give the Clippers problems. Man, the Clippers have been mopping the floor with Portland. And I have to say, there's a determination from being at the game and looking. There's a determination in DeAndre Jordan. There's a determination in Blake Griffin. And I think CP3 is tired of people recognizing that he doesn't always come up in the big moments. What do you think about that?
1: Well, this is a... Everything you said is true. I think this might be the last hurrah for this Clippers team as we see it. And, yes, everybody should be highly motivated. One more reason, in addition to CP3, you know, you have Blake Griffin, who all of a sudden his image has been besmirched.
2: Good point. To the point where
1: people talk to him about the craziness, like he should be traded, which I thought was ridiculous. Yeah, that's crazy talk. And he's showing you how ridiculous that is. (laughs) But the Clippers have Blake Griffin back. Yeah, they got Blake Griffin back, who's balling, who's also well rested, which is a factor. But the big, big deal is they're getting bench production. That's it. Again, that's bench it. production,
2: and this is something that the Warriors are doing to people
1: outside of Jamal Crawford.
2: <laughs> yes, outside of the six man of the year. One love to Jamal Crawford on another big six man of the year win. That's a. Do you know what? To me, yep. that's the epitome of a team player there because you never hear him chirping We're the same about players. Yeah, you know what I mean. You never hear him chirping about not yeah, getting no. enough time or this, that, and the other. He maximizes the time that he gets. He goes in there. He gets busy, and he helps the team.
1: Yep. He yeah, had the same birthday. We're almost the exact same age. I think he's like a year younger. Wow. Oh, but right? he's in great shape, obviously, though. He still balls out.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, still, he's still there with the youngsters. I tell you what I liked what I saw at the Clipper game that I went to, they played a physical game. And there was some action after the whistle. DeAndre Jordan got I uh almost called him Brandon Roy. Got uh-huh. Damian Lillard out of his game right by bullying him, taking the ball from him
1: after the whistle. There that was a tells lot of me stu- what they do. I like that nasty clippers, man. The C P three nobody likes playing against him. He's physical. DeAndre Jordan is a big dude. And I, and you know, Blake Griffin was taking a lot of punishment, and I think he started to give it out a little more. I and, think so too. Uh, perhaps in the wrong way, but <laughs> <laughs> So let me ask
0: you this, Laker, quick, are you ready to jump ship? Are you ready to come over to the dark side, to the Clippers? Oh, no, 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 look.
1: This is what people don't understand. <laughs> what don't we understand about Laker affiliation? Of the purple no, the and gold Lakers nation. The Lakers always be the number one team. The Lakers will always be the number one team, but nobody ever dislikes the Clippers. When you start off every season, 2 and 12, and you're not mathematically, but almost in every other aspect, literally out of playoff contention, there's not a lot to root for. Look here! I remember when they got Danny Manning. I rooted for him. Ken Norman, all of them. I rooted for when they got Dominique. I like them. Them head-tapping cats, Quentin Richardson. Oh yeah, Darius yeah. yeah, yeah I used to love Darius Miles. I love Darius Miles. Yeah. yeah, and Baron. Nobody he ever had Baron mad Davis at the Clippers. At the time. They just, they just had to shake the loose on it, and you now know, they're turning it up. And you know, you can't. You know, Lakers have like thirty-some championship appearances. Man, I mean, that's it's unreal how the NBA championship goes through LA. So you can't replace that. But, hey, I ain't mad at the Clippers, just like I'm sure Yankees fans shouldn't be too mad at the Mets. You know, it's – They I are, no though, problem out there. <laughs> it's very bizarre out right. there. They
2: are actually mad. But you know uh, what? I, I but would tell be, me this.
1: You, it's, it's a blessing to have the two teams. <laughs> I, I feel the I same agree. way.
2: And you got to stay for the – but that's that Cali in you, boy. You can't get rid of it even if you want to. Uh, but really quickly, we already covered it, but I'd like to see something that I know you are mad at, and that's the Dodgers starting in bullpen rotation. I'll give you a couple seconds to speak on that, and we're going to move on.
1: You know what? To me, the Dodgers got scared about the criticism about them being big spenders. You know, mm. screw what people think. You want to spend big, spend big. I really wanted them to go out there and get either Price, Queto, somebody. Why Especially if they didn't have to pay that Granky. Why not both? Why not both? Last time I checked, there was no salary cap in baseball. Last time I checked.
2: There's, there's a little, um, little it's nothing they can't yeah, afford. Yeah, on yeah, yeah, no, yeah. nothing they can't There's afford. There's nothing that little, we can. Little luxury We tax. can work with it. Yeah.
1: We, we can work with it. We can work with it. So, yeah, I mean, you play games. You don't fill the hole that Zach Gregg I mean, Scott Casimir is such a bum. Lord have mercy. I thought he was a bum. I was, I, <laughs> and it's come to pass. You know, I don't – it's come to pass. Alex Wood is a bum. He pitches well at home, but he can't, you know, I could believe the parts on him on the road. Man. <laughs> you know, it, seems, so it seems. And
2: I think it seems like a confidence issue with Alex Wood, more so than even his stuff.
1: I don't get it. And then you say he'll come home, watch. He'll come home on the next road trip. and give you, like, seven in and give you, like, two runs or less. And he'll be like, oh, yeah, I, you know. And then next time he go on the road, he'll get dug out. Ooh. And, <laughs> you know. I, you know, yeah. Hey, it appears to be the truth. I feel like this new ownership group of some movers and shakers. I don't feel like they'll sit still for this. I feel like there's a move out there to be made. Uh if we can ever get Engine Ryu back, you put him with Maya and Clayton, you know, and then that kid who's the fifth guy who appears to have potential. Stripling it, it, oh, stripling. stripling.
2: Yeah, yeah. He's a good yeah, contact. Yeah, coach. I
1: forget his name.
2: Ross Stripling.
1: It, it's doable. It's early. It's early. You know, I I'd rather be ten and seven than seven and ten, so
2: there you go. You know. Lake quick. you're always a friend of the Ozone, family even, and you are welcome here. I want to get one more thing from you on your way out, just because this is a Paisley cast. This isn't even a podcast in remembrance of the artist. Uh, uh, and I want, to, I want to ask you, what's your favorite Prince CD?
1: It has to be Purple Rain. True story. Today is my younger brother Ali's birthday. On his birthday, my father purchased a couple tapes from my mom listen to while she was at the house to cover. One was Private Dance by Tina Turner. The other was Purple Rain. I don't think mine's ever got purple ring. I was obsessed with that album at six years old, for better or for worse. And it's honestly after Thriller, it's probably the second album I ever loved. And it converted me from a Michael Jackson fanatic to a total Prince oh, fanatic. Rest which, in peace. which as we know Genius.
2: is a is a really is it was a big conversion. Right. Amen to that. Rest in peace to both of those brilliant men. And uh wow, that's a that's a great story. Thank you, like you quick. Mm-hmm. Thanks for sharing that
1: absolutely brothers y'all be safe uh-huh,
2: you too all right stay up now late peace like it quick always a always a good time having right. him you know what he else is a deep. good time to have what is it a membership to the 5-4 club oh nice i got on the jacket right now and you're looking sharp Thank that's you. what made me think about it sharp james sharp james did <laughs> you know that just for 60 dollars a month you can get 150 dollars worth of clothes or more wow 5-4 club it's a place to be. They style you. You don't have to go out and shop. They put your wardrobe together for you, fellas, piece by piece. Go check out 54club.com, sign up, and get stylish. <laughs> All right, so we want to move on now, moving into the ozone. We're going to move into something that we went and hung out with uh, this week. It, it, we're actually on our way after we leave the headquarters here in Koreatown, Los Angeles, we're gonna go head over to Inglewood, the city of champions, and uh, watch Gennady Golovkin fight Dominic Wade. Also, Chocolatito was on that uh, is on that card as well. i right. pretty. We already gave you guys a preview on it. Wade is athletic, uh, and you know what? I, I like I like Wade talking like he's not scared.
0: They always act like that until they get hit.
2: <laughs> and we're gonna see what happens. And yeah. I, you know, I like to give guys benefit of the doubt. We went down and watched Triple G, uh, the champ, called and, and asked us to come down and watch his media day workout. And we did. And we did, because I didn't want to get knocked out, and, uh, and he's a cool dude, man, and really one of the nicest guys you'll meet, and he is in crazy shape.
0: He looks great.
2: I mean, wow. He's always positive. Him and, and he's always positive. and his manager, Tom,
0: they're awesome guys.
2: Great guys, uh, in the words of Hulk Hogan. You're, You're awesome. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, they're great. It's a family affair down there. He's, always, he's got his, his cousin, his brother, and, you know, it's, it's, it's great. It's great. Yeah. He's, he's, I wish the champ the best tonight. Uh, I'm anticipating a victory at 34-0 and with 31 knockouts. It's kind of hard to not expect a knockout to go down. Um, so that's that. And we're very interested in seeing as well what happens with John Jones' return to the ring. Do you believe that John Jones is going to be as dominant as he always is
0: tonight? I don't see why not. What's different? He took time off. His body should be in better condition than it was before. I don't think John Jones's scenario ever had anything to do with his body.
2: I think he was going through some stuff on a personal level, and I think he was trying to figure out uh, who he was as a man, mm-hmm. and not just who he was as a fighter and how to deal with success. You know, it's a very hard thing dealing with success, uh, especially when you're young. And I think that there are as many, if not more, people and athletes, but people at large, who are scared to to succeed as they are scared to fail. I agree. And, and because with success comes responsibility, comes expectation. There's a lot of things that come along with success that a lot of people don't want to deal with. It's a lot easier to be mediocre. It's a lot easier to just to to, to, to give the bare minimum. And now John Jones, people are talking – and I'm one of those people who were talking that I personally think he's the best UFC fighter that I've ever seen. Right. Uh, top to bottom. He's got he's he's got it all. He can do it all. Yeah. And and I wonder if whatever problems that he had, he was able to go back to the lab, regroup with his family, and and come back and still be the most dominant. What do you think?
0: Well, I like I said, I don't see any reason why he should have tapered off as far as skill set, but uh you know I don't really see a real challenge there like that for him. He's a uh-huh. he's a superior athlete, and he is. He likes to fight, and that's a big, big, you know, big thing for him. And he likes he the lights don't affect him. No, he the lights never seem to
2: be too bright yeah. for Johnny Bones Jones. So I don't think it's going to be a problem. And staying in the UFC, you come to find this whole thing with Conor McGregor. You know, I'm actually with Conor McGregor on this thing.
0: Yeah, I am too. That makes no sense. I'm going to go out and promote the fight that I can't actually fight in because I haven't prepared. So for anybody who doesn't know, Conor McGregor
2: uh, uh, put out a a drop-the-mic-type tweet this week where he said he was retiring, thanks for the cheese, yada, 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 yada. And in true boxer-fighter form, he was not really retiring because for some reason they always lie about that. Um, But really what this was was a statement because he has some serious promotional demands placed upon him where Dana White is saying... Uh, Well, I don't know who Conor McGregor thinks he is. The rules are the same for everybody. And in real life, the rules are not the same for everybody. Uh, What
0: planet is he from?
2: Exactly. Because you know what? If uh kobe bryant actually wants some green tea instead of black tea guess what kobe bryant's gonna get his green tea exactly a- as he should yeah he's as, a- as any of these guys good they said that uh, conor mcgregor in his statement said that he's been responsible for 400 million dollars worth of commerce for the ufc over the past 18 months and all he wants to do is promote a little less and fight a little more and train to fight a little more
0: can't blame the guy he just got knocked out.
2: I think that's what it's about, and what you know after you get choked out and you got a tap, especially right. when you've been talking crazy and so on and so forth i'm the one that's embarrassed out there i'm the one that's and I'm the one whose life is in danger right. if if I don't get to train properly, taking fights on short notice, so on and so forth, and I mean, you could even make the argument that this is the best promotion for the fight, even better than even if he would have showed up and promoted the fight
0: I, I agree
2: because th- this whole Twitter firestorm and everything that he set off. This is this has me talking about the UFC more than I've talked about it. You know, if he was just sitting around talking about the fight.
0: Yeah, that, and it. now
2: and now and now Dana White is saying that he can't fight on the card that he's talking
0: about. Right. Well, we'll see how that works because he's going to turn everybody off of his product if he doesn't let that guy fight. Because that guy's the draw. Yeah. Nobody wants to see Dana White.
2: Nobody wants to see Dana White, and nobody wants to see most of the other fighters in the UFC exactly. other than Ronda Rousey and. Johnny Bones Jones, really. Right, right. You got three people, and right now Conor McGregor is the top of all of them, from what I understand. I, right. think, uh, I think he might have even created more money than Ronda Rousey did. Yeah. And and the fans want to see him fight. And you know what I say? You got to give the people. Give the people what they want. You you got to give the people what they want. You do. Turkey? <laughs> Come on, <laughs> sucker. <laughs> And so, uh, you know, I don't know where that's going to resolve, but I have a feeling it's going to resolve in in favor of Conor McGregor. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Gotta move into the uh, to football here. We're gonna talk a little. We're gonna talk a little football because a very big move happened over right. there. Right.
0: Very confusing.
2: Very wow. confusing move out of the out of the Panthers in NFC South. Yes. And Making a move to the AFC East, is that? The the Redskins? Uh
0: I, I what what is going on? Why would you rescind that that label on uh, Josh Norman?
2: I don't understand, but I think Trucker Dave is going to is going to enlighten us on how he feels about things. Hey, what's going on? Trucker Dave. Hey. Live in the O Zone. How you feeling?
1: Pretty good, pretty good. How are you guys doing today? Uh, you know what? We're awesome. looking for
2: some of your fabulous insight is how we're doing. We want to know what you think about this current football situation and why in the world the near-champions, uh, North Carolina Charlotte Panthers, would want to rescind the, the franchise tag from Josh Norman. What do you think about that? I think it was
1: a terrible move. I think what's starting to happen in, in most of these teams is they're trying to be pro-Bill Belichick-like. Where they, Boy, they think they Bill can just Belichick- get rid of guys. Yeah, they saw how Bill Belichick let Chandler Jones go, and they said, well, you know, he can let Chandler Jones go so we can let our star top three cornerback in the league go. But who do you replace him with? Who, who, <laughs> who do you replace him I with? what need to have answered.
2: <laughs> Come and on, I mean, man. And now you're keeping him in the NFC. He's going NFC East on you. What, what is What is going on? What's it.
1: They thinking about. I mean, if guy goes to the Washington Redskins, and you know now he could be a rival to them. I'd like. I'm definitely looking forward to him being inside of the division, going up against Des Bryant. Though that's going to be a great matchup, right? Great, great one on one matchup.
2: And and I'd like to see who's going to throw that ball actually, because I don't believe it'll be Tony Romo too often. I, I anticipate well, like Tony Romo Tony will be Ro- sick by the, hurt by week three. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, that's what history's been, you know I mean? It has. So why should anything else be different?
2: So, you, so he's going to be going up against Des Bryant. He's going to be going up against his arch nemesis, uh, Odell Beckham Jr.
1: Yeah, and he, you know, he did pretty well against Odell Beckham Jr., you know, outside of all of the scuffling and fighting and all of that stuff. So it's interesting to see this year what's going to happen. And i got to look at the schedule and see um, their first four matchups, uh you know see what's going to transpire but I'm looking at a big loss for the
2: Carolina Panthers big loss and this yeah. is the kind of reason why whether it's ego or whatever whoever was that was high in the front office uh, of 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 the Panthers this is why it's so difficult to repeat or even get back to the Super Bowl in the, in the NFL this is a this
0: is a league where
1: yeah that's a- Mm-hmm. You know, this
2: is this is a league where you have you have the least amount of repeat champions in any sport.
0: Right? Sounds like some kind That's of pissing contest going on there.
2: It does, and yeah. I don't understand why you just don't pay the man. He was an essential reason that you guys could have had
0: a perfect right. season, to be honest. Right? He shuts down really, a whole and- uh, one side of the field. You know, he shuts down a whole side. Come on, dude! You can't. And he's
1: only that. about what 24, 25 years old. Yeah, he's so crazy he, young. You know, he hasn't even reached his prime. So, I'd like to understand the the consensus of thinking behind letting this guy go. And uh, he said he was sideswiped by it. He was really, really caught off guard by the whole situation. I'm sure, <laughs> because they
2: came off like a family. They're, that defense yeah. especially came off like a unit that it was all for one and one for all, and you would think that that comes from the top down. And it doesn't seem like that came from the top down because he went and got his bread and picked up his $50 million from the Redskins. And now, really, the Redskins weren't far off last year. Right. And I really they think that that now you're looking at an NFC East real contender over there.
0: Now, do you think that they uh, consulted Cam Newton about that at all?
1: Mm. You know that's really interesting to see. That's and a I mean, good that question. That's really interesting. I mean, I know Cam Newton wouldn't go for it. But I don't understand with all these NFL uh, teams, you know, you're building a nucleus. Why are you taking away from it? you you got something to build on. Okay, the guy, your team lost in the Super Bowl, but isn't that something great to go into this next year with, saying, hey, you know what, we're experienced now. we got a good shot of getting back. Now you look at a team like Arizona who adds a Chandler Jones with a Patrick Peterson, and plus you're going into the draft, so they're going to get better, and you're getting a little bit worse. I mean I just don't understand it.
0: Yeah, and they said the Washington Washington could just focus on getting D Lyman now since they picked him yeah. up.
1: Yeah, I think that the Redskins should have re-signed uh, Terrence Knighting, but you know, that's their decision and um you know, they got to live with that. He goes over to New England and you know, he's a pretty good run stuffer. So you really got to look in the draft and see what you're going to you, what you're going to pick up from what you lost, you know. That's that's what I'm looking at.
2: I think so too. I, I also think they're building off of a great season that was kind of unexpected because they started in all that turmoil, and uh, yeah, and and now they turned it around. And you got to, the emergence of Kirk Cousins, and you have all of the uh, uh, of the the team playing as one, if you will. Then you pick up a guy like this, a guy that Drew Brees said that he was willing to restructure his contract to pick up.
1: Yeah, and that just tells you, like, by Drew Brees going up against him, you know how how great this guy is and the potential to be one of the best
0: ever. Well, just think about when he plays against the Panthers. They practice against Cam Newton. He should be a problem for Cam Newton.
1: Well, I mean, they're making Cam Newton's job harder than it has to be. Yeah. You know, it doesn't make any sense. I just – Got to be something.
2: Yeah, got to be something going on behind the scenes that we just don't know about. Has to be. Yeah,
1: it has to be something in the locker room or something. I'm sure Luke Creakley. Didn't like it at all either. I'm
2: sure nobody on the defense. I I I, I refuse to believe that they actually consulted anybody on the team right. about this. Because you lost know, Jared yeah. Allen,
0: now you lose Norman. Come on, man.
2: What, are, what are yeah. you? You're, you're telling me that you don't want to go back to the to the Super Bowl, right?
1: Exactly. And then you're quick to you know to blame a guy like Cam Newton when he doesn't get back there. You know, you yeah. put the pieces around him. Right. Yep. It's uh, a team this sport. This is what we talked about last time. You got to have the pieces around him. You know, in any sport. One guy is not going to. You saw that with Kobe Bryant trying to go one on five for the whole season. Yeah. It doesn't work, man. It doesn't it work doesn't in work. team
2: sports. It does not work. That's a good point. What happens
1: in team sports is it's any given night. Basically, what they're saying is everybody's already a professional in all of the sports. So if any guy gets hot, like they used to get hot when they were in college or whatever, that could just be their night, and you can't hold them. When you got trying to go one on five or. You try to take some of the talent away from a guy like Cam Newton, who's on the verge of being great. Come on, man, what are you, what are you guys accomplishing? I don't get it. Your I, fan base doesn't get it.
2: And you know what? And they'll punish you for that eventually they because will the fans them. actually live there for life, right? And they don't forget.
1: Yeah. As a matter of fact, I was in North Carolina and went to the sports a couple of their sports bars and watched a couple of games, and they're crazy about the Panthers out there.
0: Sure are. So, how do you think they're going to react if they start out zero and six?
1: Well, they're not gonna like it. You know, you're still gonna have your, uh, you're gonna have your fan base that sticks by the team, but they still won't have to understand the moves that the team made. I mean, there are some corners that you can't cut. It's like when you go into a Levi's store and you buy a pair of Levi's, man, you are gonna pay that thirty five, forty, fifty bucks for those Levi's. You can't go up to the register and negotiate the price on a pair of Levi's.
2: <laughs> it's a good Same point. Same
1: thing with the, with the uh, Josh Norman, man. I mean. The guy's great. Pay him for what he does. And, you know, let his attitude feed off the rest of the team. Yeah, because he's
2: passionate about his his game. He's really passionate about his game. And
1: he's a shutdown
2: corner. And there's not a lot of those in the league.
1: Right. Real quick. not a lot of them in the league. Trucker
2: David, while we got you on the line, how do you feel about the NFL draft coming up very, very quickly? What do you think? uh, Which teams do you think are really going to score? How do you feel about what's going to happen And what needs to happen for teams that are on the bubble, say like an L.A. Rams uh, or or teams that are on the bubble, not the not the low end teams, but teams that are on the bubble. Or do you have any sleeper teams that you feel like can really come up in the draft that could actually make a difference and an impact on what it is that's going to happen during the NFL season
1: coming up? Well, that's a great question. And I'm glad you asked it to me. I mean, I really like what the Cleveland Browns did. I think everybody does. They got themselves five, five picks out of trading out of their position. And then I like what the Rams did because they think that Jared Goff is the number one quarterback. So if you think he's the number one quarterback, you put him with Ty Gurley. you got a good defense. You're moving to a new facility, a new city. Hey, you know, I like what the Rams are doing. My sleeper team, uh to be honest with you, I really like what Jacksonville has done with Malik Jackson. Um I like um the pieces that they I think they got Chris Ivory they're probably gonna do well in the in the draft. They got that young uh outside linebacker, Dante Fowler, who got hurt last year and who's gonna have uh, you know, uh probably a pretty good this year. They're probably gonna pick up a guy like Joey Bosa. I mean uh Bosa out of uh I forgot what school he's out of. But you know, you got a young team and a young nucleus and uh with what Blake Bortles is showing me, he, he had a lot of turnovers, but still so did Peyton Manning when he first started. So he had his touchdowns right there. He can get his turnovers down. Then you're looking at the next superstar. Everybody's so high on Andrew Luck. I really don't think it could be Andrew Luck because Andrew Luck is in a bad organization and they didn't really make any really good moves in the (laughs) offseason. So it's what you surround your superstar around. You know, like we said before, you can't ask a guy to do so much and then when the front office didn't do their job, blame it on the superstar player.
2: Right. Absolutely. And they're the face That's of the organization. They're the face of the organization. Bosa's, yeah. a, Bosa's out of, from uh, Ohio State. He's a
1: Buckeye. Yeah, Bosa from Ohio State. So you've got Bosa, uh, Dante Fowler. you got Malik Jackson, who caused Tom Brady problems. you got a couple of other guys uh, that I'm not even mentioning. So I really like the direction of the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're under the cap. they got money to spend. And with a couple of good, move, a couple of more good moves, you might be seeing Jacksonville and team like the Raiders you know, make some noise. Ooh, don't talk <laughs> to nation. me about
2: them Raiders. I love what the nation <laughs> is doing. I like how we made the trades. We're getting, and you know what? I like. I like that we made trades to get the defense shored up. This is yeah. The, the defense well, it's is not essential. That you
1: just got the defense shored up. You got physical players. Yes. You know, like Khalil Mack, Bruce Irvin, oh uh, guys yeah, that you, you know that score to They just signed. Uh, I think they resigned Alden Smith when he comes back up. They resigned uh, Alden
2: yeah. Smith, and then they did some voodoo or some whammy where i just read about this the person who was supposed to testify in Alden Smith's uh, trial has come up missing <laughs> i don't i don't know if the Raiders organization <laughs> is into the mafia scenario now or what but that means Alden Smith is probably going to get to play the full season so when you add him to Khalil Mack to Irvin, man they got a squad over there i do believe in uh in uh, Derek Carr and Amari Cooper showed me a
1: lot last year yeah, Oh, yeah see that's what i like when you got your franchise quarterback in place now you got your franchise receiver in place. So you what you're telling me is the future, pretty soon, you're gonna be right there. You know. It's, it's coming. Yeah, there were
2: just a couple plays. Yeah, but the Raiders always find a way to lose. Whatever, man. They were a couple <laughs> yeah, nah, plays. Nah, they nah, were a no, couple. Yeah. This is a new class. This is a new time. Yeah, and that's, they, what, that's what I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah. Don't, ne- don't, don't even do listen this. to negative Nancy, it. Trucker don't Dave. Don't it. don't listen to negative Nancy over there. I'm telling yeah. you, the Raiders were a couple plays away Homers. from making the playoffs yeah. this year. Actually, they just lost a couple games where if they if you flip that record, they make the playoffs. And that's okay because they're young. So now this year, I think this is the year where I'm looking for something out of the Oakland Raiders, where I'm actually looking for a, a big leap forward, getting back to the playoffs and making some noise in the playoffs. I
0: don't know how they're going to make
1: it. I, I completely agree with you, and I'll tell you why. He's over there saying, like, yeah, yeah, this is the simple Raiders, the Raiders, which has been true. That's true. I can, I can agree with that part. But let me back that up and say, hey, don't you remember when Shaq and Kobe, when Kobe went up to Utah
2: And he shot the air balls.
1: And he shot the air balls, but they were getting themselves together. It takes time. That's what I don't like about the new NFL. The new NFL is, okay, you got the the franchise quarterback. He has to go out here and perform. And everybody expects him on his first year to be like how Cam lit it up, to be how like um, Andrew Luck lit it up. Remember back in the days, you had two or three years. The guy used to hold the clipboard. Right. And that's how Aaron Rodgers became Aaron Rodgers. I mean, because he was standing behind Brad Park. But now the game's changed so much, and they expect you to just go in and light it up. You know, you have to build the chemistry first.
0: Yeah, but, you know, that division, they have the Broncos and the Chiefs, and they're not better than either one of them.
1: Well, I,
2: why?
0: The Broncos they are better a quarterback. than the The Broncos, yeah, didn't, Broncos are, are, have so they, didn't have a quarterback last year. Nah, you're talking crazy. Peyton Manning,
1: yeah, Manning. wasn't anybody. Whatever, yeah, man. but he was good enough to get them to where they so, needed to go. Exactly.
0: So you don't really need a quarterback in the sense where you have a dominating defense That's, like that. Not true. Whoa, I mean, and, this, and the Kansas City Chiefs. have
1: seen so you, much that you don't throw – even going to the Super Bowl, he made just enough plays. Yeah, just, just a negative plays. Nancy,
2: Trucker Dave. No, he's no,
1: just that was the defense Nancy. that won that
0: game. Hey, this, the defense, this
1: everybody knows the defense did win that game, but he made just enough plays even I don't against see, New England. Nah. Even well, he did do it against New England,
0: but New England doesn't have any defense. Yeah, but he made yeah. the plays to get it done. That's the point that we're saying.
1: That, so I don't play. understand how Go that correlates to the Raiders being able the to.
2: The point of the Go matter is that Peyton Manning <laughs> has retired. <laughs> and you, you're talking about this yeah, nonsense exactly. just because Rated. you just like to be a contrarian. Uh, no. He's retired. The, they don't. They literally don't have a quarterback. The Brock line. Osweiler is no longer with the team. They you, don't do you know have a quarterback right now. They didn't have a quarterback last year. They're looking right at science Brian Hoyer. Exactly. <laughs> you now, you think that they're going to win? You think they're going to beat anybody, Brian? I don't care I what think defense you got. I think the Brian 85
0: was, Bears can't win with Brian Hoyer. behind behind. The ball. Brian Hoyer is the equivalent of what Peyton Manning was last year. You're crazy. Whatever.
1: No, you know why? Because Brian, I mean, Peyton Manning was terrible in spots, but when it comes down to it, he was able to make enough plays, and I don't even like him. I'm just being honest. He was able to make enough plays even in the I don't Super know what Bowl. plays you're
0: talking about, though.
2: Uh, whatever. We don't even well, need to I'm keep going. He, he, um, they you know, wouldn't I'm even about pass about the plays. ball on third down. I'm talking downs. about plays on third down. He, they didn't. He didn't pass the ball. The what what are you about? talking about? He did that in New England, and that's how he picked. Yeah, there. but them. not in the Super Bowl. I, we're not talking about – you don't, win, you don't just get to win one game. It doesn't work like that. You have to win all – you have to get through the playoffs.
0: They won't be better than – the Raiders won't be better than Kansas City or Denver. Yes, they will. No. Yes, I believe
2: they will. I Whatever, you, you let the
1: icons you know, talk right, about baseball. He,
2: was, he didn't know what he's talking about.
0: Oh well, yeah, yeah. Let's just, baby. Let, let's
1: just go. Let's just go and look at it like this. First of all, I mean, uh, what's Kansas City? I mean, uh, Alex Smith. Is he going to throw the ball down the field?
0: He did last year. I
1: mean,
0: he he Alex actually has a receiver to throw it to. It too.
1: Well, did he do it against O'Reilly? No, he didn't. No. They
0: lost. they lost. Yeah, but they didn't have Jamal Charles, though. Jamal Charles will be back this year. What are you talking about? They didn't have Jamal Charles, but Jamal Charles' backup came in and, and th- they threatened Jamal Charles' job. Okay, yeah, nobody threatens Jamal Charles' job. Jamal Charles averages more yards per carry than anybody in NFL history.
1: And that is true. That is that true. Is and, true. Sharkandrick but, yes, and Sharkandrick came in, and Sharkhandrick West but was ju- gave enough. Does Alex Smith throw? Can you tell me yeah, that Alex Smith, Alex Smith did throw, the, throw the
0: ball down the field? This is actually, in the last well, two years, this, is the, past, time, what, this is the first time. What? This is the first time in two years that he actually yet. threw a ball why to a receiver for get, a touchdown. Why
1: did he only get past the Texans?
0: Because. to beat
1: New England then. Yeah,
0: but they were good enough
2: to beat the Raiders. Oh, my goodness. This guy, don't nah. even listen to this guy.
1: Well, let the fans put it up for debate and let the fans who listen to the show vote for it and say what they think.
2: And let's play the games. When we play the games <laughs> and when we and when we talk, at the end of twenty sixteen, God willing, we'll see. And the Raiders will be better than than the Chiefs and probably than the Broncos. No. Truthfully, I have and more confidence that they'll be better than the Broncos than I do that they will be the Chiefs. And, and don't and sleep the San Diego Chargers, they might got, come back.
1: And you get well, it depends on what they do with the number three pick.
2: But and, and I mean, don't sleep on you. Talking about defense, the Raiders
1: are building the defense. Come on, man! If you want
2: to give they the are, Broncos credit the for their
1: defense, but give, like give them um, the Raiders credit. Young talent, dude. You always talked about young talent. Yeah. They have young talent. They sure do.
2: Khalil hey, Mack was the so reason they, why yeah, they, they beat they, Denver. They, they But they can't in put Denver, it together. Though. When
1: nobody could beat them.
2: Yeah. Khalil hey, Mack yeah,
1: last
0: yeah.
1: year. I don't know if you <laughs> saw that Mac game era, or not. He, he had, had four sacks in that game. He yeah. yeah.
0: Guys, a monster. That's four sacks in one game?
2: Come on, man. Yeah. Trucker Dave. We always appreciate you. <laughs> your your spirited uh, candor, even if you have to deal with the buffoonery of the icons. Uh, I, I, he, you oh, know, yeah, everybody baby. has their own oh, yeah. opinion, but you and know, right mean, it time. has to
1: be based. What is it based on?
2: It, it, just what is it on? Causing arguments on numbers? That's whatever. I'm a numbers guy. Now let me tell you, this is a this is this is the Paisley edition of the Ozone Podcast, and yes. uh, in 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 honor and in memoriam of uh, the great Prince passing away, we, we just wanted to ask you, Trucker Dave. Uh, give us your favorite Prince song or album.
1: You know what my favorite song is, Insatiable. And actually, since you asked me that question, I tried to go watch it on YouTube, and then, wasn't it wasn't a video. It was yeah. only like a, a a minute of the song. And I guess that goes back to Prince just being mysterious. And I I listened to him a couple of days ago. They said, "What do you want to be remembered by?" He said, "I just want to be remembered by my music." So and, and that it mystery says it all. surrounds his whole life. You know, so he didn't he didn't want to let you in. The people like L. A. Reid, Sheila E. They let you a little bit behind the gates because Sheila E. said that there was a really funny side about him that people didn't know about. Him. And L. A. Reid made an interesting comment on CBS the other day. He said he was in the elevator with Prince, and at his house actually. And he said Prince told him he didn't like to be in elevators because they reminded him of going to hell. And then when L. A. Reid said When
2: they found him in an elevator, he said, that kind of took me back. So I was like, wow. Wow. Man, this world, you never know what's going to happen other than that the Raiders will be better than the Chiefs (laughs) and the Broncos. That's what we do know will happen. Of course. Good luck. (laughs) Chuck
1: and Dave. And if you you don't believe that, go down to Raider Nation somewhere down there. I'll pass. pass. pass I'm going to (laughs) go to the dark hole. (laughs) Hey. Let me see if you come out of that sports bar Because <laughs> <line. laughs> I've uh, been in a couple of them, <laughs> and, and I was real quiet. Come on, Raider, Raider fans are rowdy.
2: <laughs> nation doesn't play. Hey, don't say anything oh, when I you're getting blown out.
1: They're rowdy, man. They're beyond rowdy. Yeah. I'm telling you, their fan base is like gangbang <laughs> gang nation. Yeah, they nation. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Trucker Dave, always a pleasure to have you. Thank you for visiting the Ozone and sharing your story about Prince and your preference. We'll talk to you Late. soon.
0: Sounds good. Late.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, another wonderful edition of the Ozone. Uh, this, is, this has been a, a spirited conversation. It's, uh, it's a somber day in some senses because uh, the great Prince has left the building. And, uh, you know, what can you do about the void that was left by this genius I'm very happy to be able to speak about it and speak about how Prince actually had a direct influence on my life other than the idea that my brother uh the icons ushered Prince into the house relentlessly and uh he just he and I'm happy that he did um besides that, you know the producers of Eight Mile were on record. Brian Grazers on record as saying that he wanted to see if the hip hop generation could have their version of Purple Rain and this is how we came up with 8 mile that's how he came up with that theory of trying to do that and finding a subject uh to use for that which i just thought was was extremely impressive i mean i'm a, a a huge prince fan and of a lot of the cuts that you don't really get to hear too often like uh you know morning papers and i really think maybe the greatest uh, album of all time top to bottom for me is uh that sign of the times double cd
0: yeah it's unbelievable
2: i mean Remarkable, yeah. You're talking about a, a, a remarkable album, and it crosses all the genres.
0: I mean, we lost our Mozart and our Beethoven, you know, yeah, all in one. Yeah, and and our resident
2: director of cool, yeah, because that you ushered it in, right? Oh man, nobody was cooler than Prince, except for perhaps Morris Day at times. But that was early. We're not talking about overall, it was, you <laughs> know. Morris can't help but be cool. <laughs> Shout out to Morris Day, but yeah, uh, you know it's it's wonderful to hear all this stuff that's going on now uh, all the people coming out and speaking about how prince impacted their lives and speaking about how prince uh what he did for the community and what he did for the kids in the inner city and what he did for installing solar panels on people's homes and just just the 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 overall light that he had as well as being a satellite for the genius of the music that was gifted to him that he was able to express and share with us was a really, really moving uh, RIP to the legend. You got anything you want to share?
0: No, you covered it.
2: Well, this has been a great edition of the Ozone, ladies and gents. As usual, we want to leave you with a quote. This one's going to come from Bear Bryant. It's not the will to win that matters. It's the will to prepare to win that matters. Remember that, folks. Ozone, out. Peace.